Good evening, guys, and welcome back to episode three of True Story, bro. And my special guest today is is one I'm very, very nervous about. Uh, it's completely different to the first two episodes, where there've been two very, very good friends of mine. And the feedback I've had, as like I said last week to everybody, it's been unbelievable. Um, I think everybody's related to some bits and bats we've had to say, um, and they've really enjoyed it. I've not had any negative feedback yet. Um, so thanks again, guys, and thanks for tuning in. Um, so my guest this week is is my dad, otherwise known as Chris Davis to many. Um, I, I've chosen to get my dad on because I basically want to sit down and have a good old chat for half an hour, an hour, and um, talk about my upbringing, talk about my dad's upbringing, talk about our relationship and and our, our families and, and where we are now. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure my my dad even knows what a podcast is. He might he might prove me wrong. Um, but I think this is pretty new to him as well. So just bear with us. We're gonna have a chat about life and see where it goes. And I'll just give a little shout out to his mate Wardy, who's already uh, already given me a Scarborough warning about my swearing. So I'm gonna try and not swear on this one. So I'm gonna pass you over to my dad. Just for a little minute, just to see how he feels about about jumping on this podcast. So, Dad, how uh, how do you feel about being on a podcast with your son? Yeah, it's the first time I've spoken to you for about twelve years, to be honest. So it's nice to hear your voice, anyway. <laughs> I, um, and a podcast, you, you know, a podcast. I believe yeah. is a recorded radio program. It's nothing else. <laughs> Don't give me any fancy technological speak. I know exactly what it is. Have you been Googling that this afternoon before you come on? I don't need to Google things like that. What did I was used to set it as a small boy? I know everything. You know. <laughs> just, that's, I was just about to say, my, my, my dad has always told me, and to be fair, I don't think he's proved me wrong yet. He he, he knows everything. He must have you know, some sort you, of special computer. You, <laughs> you've not proved me wrong, that's what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I've never proved him wrong. There you go, he's correcting me, yeah. Two minutes in, this kid's correcting me already. Yeah. So I'm just going to give a, a quick little background. Um, my, my my dad born in the 60s, so he's obviously into his 60s now. Um, whoa, 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 hang, on, hang on a minute. How much into the 60s? 61? Yeah, I was 61 last week. So Just just 61. So my, my dad, I'm going to call you my old man then, but you don't like me calling you that. So my dad is... Um, Met my mum very young, 18, 19, 20-ish. Is that right? Yeah, round about that, yeah. 19 uh, for, for Friday the Friday the 13th of July, 1979. Wow, so he remembers the exact Friday the 13th. Yeah, well. I'll <laughs> so, the signs were made, I'll never, <laughs> ever forget it. <laughs> so, so my mum and dad are still together to this day. They, they've... They got married very early, the two kids, me and my sister. Two that you, uh, you know about. Two that you know about. Very traditional. Um, like I said, they, they've been married for, what, 30 years? 30 years, Dad? 38 years. 38 years been married. Um, obviously, we grew up in a, in a family home together, like I've just said. Very traditional. Me and my sister had, um, again, without going into too much of... I would say 
a very lucky upbringing. Um, we've not really seen many bad sides of the world. I don't want to say we were given a silver spoon, but uh, it's probably more from mum, to be fair. My mum's absolutely mollycoddled, isn't she? Yeah. Um, there's, no, there's, there's nobody losing Crofton with a silver spoon in the mouth, you know, don't you? <laughs> no, not a silver spoon. Don't start, don't like start getting people. ideas above your station. Had a, we've had a, a very privileged upbringing. We never wanted for anything. We went on lovely holidays. We spent lovely family time together. Um, I, I can't really remember of any of any particularly hard or bad times when we were younger. We never moved around. We were pretty settled. Um, had some nice family friends. So I, I would say our upbringing, we're, we're very lucky with, with what both me, both me and my sister have had. Um, and dad, my, my old man, um, he was for probably 10 years football coach, about 10 years at Thorns. Uh, oh, gosh. Dad? When did you yeah. start playing? When you were about six or seven? Yeah, about under six, yeah. I think. And you started, packed in I? at 17, and then I carried on for a few years with Billy Holt. Yeah, so he coached us, and that's where a few guys that are listening now, Liam Trigg, uh, Daniel Vich, those that have messaged me, that's obviously where you where you'll know my dad from. Um and he's, 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 the same personality that he had as a coach was probably the same that he had as a dad. Never really told us when we'd done, when we'd done well, but absolutely jumped on his back when we, when we didn't do well. I don't know if he'll try and do yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's not um, true, but I'll let, I'll but let that one rise. Like, I'm sweating already. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's, how, that's how my upbringing was with my dad. Um and I know from the little bits that my dad told me that I believe your upbringing was very, very different. Do you want to go a little bit into how you grew up, where you grew up for us, please? Yeah, I certainly didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth either. Um, and, um, and I was brought up in Crofton as well. Um, and so our first house that, um, that me, uh, your mum, and you and Katie lived in, was I would say around about a mile away from uh, from the house that I was brought up in. I was brought up in a pit house. Um, for anybody that knows the area, it was known as Ings Cottages. Or the nickname of it was Spike Island. Um, we, um, well, my dad were lovely, but they uh, they didn't have two pennies to uh, to rub together. Um, we. Um, we didn't have central eating. We didn't have a, uh, a bathroom. We had a tin bath hung up on a, a coat hook uh, in the hallway. Um, and this sounds like the uh, uh, you know, Monty Python sketch, you know, for Yorkshiremen and the hole in there. We used to get up every morning and lick the motorway clean. We lived in a cardboard box. It's um, <laughs> it's just how it was, you know. I, I, I worked. Well, special. There were, there were lots of people that lived in the same area that lived exactly the same. My dad worked at Pitt. My mum never worked. Um, there weren't a lot of money to go around. I I never wanted for anything as far as uh, food were concerned and love from my mum and dad. And uh, we just had to mend and make do. And, and, and that was the same for, for a lot of other people. And it was only when I moved from that house um, because... The area that I lived in, I would say we were quite insular. We were quite quite cut off, really, as a community, uh, quite self-sufficient. And even the electricity came from the pit. If the, um, if the pit generators went down, we lost electricity. 
Um, <laughs> that's mad. Yeah. We, you, yeah, it is. Yeah, but it it's true. That, that's uh, that's how it was. Um, we um, moved to um, Eastmore Estate, which um, to me was quite cosmopolitan, and I started entering the big city, and I I, I met more and more people, and um, more and more families, and some more friends, and you could quite clearly see that their families had, uh, you know, their mums and dads had better jobs. Their mums went to work. They had better clothes than me. They had better bikes than me. And it was sort of then, I would have guessed, I'd have been about 9, 10, 11 years old when it started to dawn on me a little bit that perhaps, you know what, perhaps I've missed out a little bit. If you could call out missing out on material goods, like missing out on things, you know, I can... Uh, I can remember Alphas used to have a little shop on um, on Kyrgyz, tiny little shop, completely different to the superstore that they've got now. And I can remember the first bike that my mum ever bought for me. All my other bikes prior to that were hand-me-downs. And, and, and in that day and age, the bike that everybody wanted was a rally chopper. Everybody wanted a rally chopper. Do you know what a rally chopper is? I think I've heard of it. I haven't got a clue what one is, no. I think I've heard of it, though. Yeah, well, Wardy will know what one is, because he's old enough. Don't, don't let him tell you. <laughs> don't let him tell you otherwise. Um, Bro Brookie will be as well. Brookie will be listening, so Brookie will be as well. Uh, I don't know about uh, Keith. He's, what is he? He's in his fight. Anyway, so anyway, the big bike, what, Rally Chopper. And my mum went and she placed an order for a bike. And when it came, it was a sit-up and beg bike with a basket on front. <laughs> it was like a butcher's bike and I was laughing stock at a state because I had this bloody poxy bike and everybody else were running around or a rally chopper and I always swore I'd get a rally chopper and I never did I never did at all I mean they came in I, I was going to I was going to say did, did you kind of um, when you were young did you get Mick taken out of you for being a pauper for being a pauper pauper <laughs> <laughs> No, particularly, no. And I'll tell you for why, because as I've said, there were a lot of other kids kicking about that, that, that were in the same boat as me. You think on, when I was born in 1960, um, that were only 15 years after the end of the Second World War. A lot of people didn't have a... It won't, it won't like it is now anyway, were it with fancy ties and stuff? No, absolutely not, no. it's The, the world has gone absolutely mental over the last... 20 and 30 years, like, with material goods and everything yeah. else. I'm not saying it was absolutely brilliant, right? but it, um, we, you know, PlayStation, whew, never heard of them. Not a chance mm -hmm. of getting a PlayStation, even if they'd been about in the 60s. Rally Chopper, no, not a chance of getting them. I, I, if you want to talk about y y yourself and, and getting things, um, you remember them, um, them uh, personalised football boots that you had, them Adidas ones? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and how old were you when you got them? About eight. Yeah. When I first got them, yeah, they'd been over hundred. They, they were hundred and twenty pounds. You were eight years old. Am I right in saying yeah, I, I, I should know this? I think they're actually gold as well, aren't they? They were like a, a gold shimmery predator, weren't they? With a red. Tone. Why on earth? Yeah, why on earth you thought you deserved personalised gold football boots? For what you produced on a football field, I'll never know. Because <laughs> you could have... <laughs> it was just probably just whatever David Beckham were wearing. Yeah, well, you could have still been playing now when you wouldn't deserve a pair of gold boots. But 
Oh, yeah, that's, that's, hey, if Danny Ildich is listening, Danny Ildich could be playing now and his knees won't be dirty either. But... <laughs> He'd still be yeah, bleeding, wouldn't he? Yeah. Get no best, best turned out lad you ever yeah. saw on a football field. We could, we're playing, we're playing yeah. four foot of mud, like, and Danny would come off, he'd still be stick and stand that lad. Not, yes. not an air out of place. But, <laughs> yeah, so, no, no. so your football bills, and I'll say eight years old, I paid £120. I think it was around about £120 for uh, for that pair. And obviously over years, as you grow, you got lots more different pairs and everything else. Yeah. I can quite categorically state that until I got my own money, till I started work, my mum and dad never spent £120 in total on football boots for me, up to the age of 16. What did you do for boots and that, any stuff? Just Well, pinch and pull. yeah, I catched them, went into, oh. uh, um, if you remember, I don't know if it were like it at, at, at Thompson Beckett's when you were there, but uh, 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 Wileyman, Ron Wileyman, that PE teacher, who were your PE teacher, he was still there, were he, or were he a German teacher then? Anyway, he was a PE teacher, he'd been there for many, many years. And he used to have an old basket with uh, lots of boots thrown in them that, um, that that people didn't want anymore and what have you. So, uh, and that's, yeah, and that's basically where I got uh, got my boots from. So, I mean, I, I remember uh, for, for a couple of years, I had a Puma right foot and an Adidas left foot. And, <laughs> yeah. and unfortunately, one more size bigger than the other as well, like, so... <laughs> I just kept I just kept going around in circles on football pitch all the time. It's just and losing control at ball. I think, See, actually, I think that's what's wrong with Marcus Rashford now. I think he's got wrong size boots. So. <laughs> just running around like headless so, kicking. So if you want to go back to well, let me just let me just try and explain is on, yeah. when you brought up in that in that area and you brought up in that culture where where there's not a lot of money. And yes, you do hear your mum and dad talk about it, how they're going to pay the bills. And, uh, you know, I, my dad got paid on a Thursday or a Friday, and by Monday or Tuesday, all the money were gone. And, uh, and all fancy foods that they bought on a, on a Friday and a Saturday, going into town and shopping and what have you, there were next to, there were next to nothing left when it came to Tuesday. But a, a piece of cheese and some jam left in the fridge, and that were about it. And that's what we lived on for the rest of the week. Where, where was it? Just to interrupt, I, I didn't know your mum didn't work. What, what reason your mum didn't work? Uh, I'd like to give you some really fancy reason behind that, like, but I just think... Is that just tradition or back in there? What was she doing? Cooking no, at home, I, just, like, I think basically she was just bloody idle, to be honest. Like, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, because my mother didn't work because if I... This is when my memory might start to fade a little bit, is that I don't seem to remember many women, particularly in the area that I grew up, um, going to work anyway. Most of them stayed at home. And even though it was a, a, a pit house and there weren't a lot of furniture in it, and I think we, I think we got our first black and white telly in about 1972 or 73. Um, uh, sorry, colour telly. Um, I had black and white televisions up until then. Um, none of your fancy televisions that you've got now, um, 4,000 channels and everything. They were just, I think there might have been at most, there might have been three, might have been three channels on telly. Anyway, 
mums generally stayed at home. And, but they kept their houses clean and tidy. They did all washing. They did all cooking. I don't remember a time when I went off to school that my mother didn't see me off at door. And I don't remember a time when I came home from school that the mother wasn't there with some tea ready, even if it might have been that cheese and jam out at the fridge. And, and do you think, obviously, that is, just fast forward to modern day, that is like, that doesn't happen generally. Like, now... A man and a woman are together, i.e. me and Pasty. You both work, you both, I don't want to say pull your weight, but you both generally mix household chores, you mix pretty much everything. It, that How is, do you know that? Obviously, well, from, from me and from my friends is what I'm taking uh, my, is from what I'm taking my experience from. Yeah. Um, and generally yeah, people... Yeah, but there's a big wide world out there and I would dispute that. Oh, there is completely. There's completely. But from from what I know, that that's how I see it now. I think, and again, at risk at risk of upsetting you here, not upsetting you, but again, I, you disagree, I think I think when when we were brought up, obviously my mum still works, but generally, from what I remember, and it's very traditional in the, in the sense that my mum packs your packs your lunch up. Packed my lunch up, packed my sister's lunch up, did tea, did breakfast, did did a lot of the a lot of the things. And from again, from what I remember, you generally seem to be at work more. Is, again, is that that's that's just the times, I think, isn't it? Rather than particularly our well, family. Again, it shows that you've led a pretty sheltered life because all you have to do is look at Marcus Rashford and look at school meals and and that sort of uh, project that he's got up and running, to know that there's, there's, you know, millions of kids out there that aren't getting what you think they might be getting. So don't kid yourself on that things have changed. There's still a lot of kids. There's still a... Well, we didn't have... Yeah. We didn't have food banks in the 60s. We've got bloody loads of food banks now. You have to ask yourself why. So, so you are privileged, if I could say that, in that respect, that you were never brought up like that. Um, and you... Still, possible because of the, the the people that you know and the friends that you've got and the area that you live in, you've never seen it. You know, Wakefield is. Uh, to de- I, I, yeah, I, I've never. Wakefield's seen a decent it. enough area, despite what some people might say about it. it um, yeah. you know, what they say, best thing about Wakefield is road out of it. Well, I've. <laughs> yeah, I've like say I've lived here. Six- I get a, a quick so- a, a quick little story about that. We. Um, with my, with my life and in relation to Wakefield, is I started at Wakefield Power Station in 1988, I think it was. Um, and one particular day, I'd only been there a couple of weeks, and one of the lads were showing me around station where sort of main bits of kit were and what I'd be responsible for and what have you. And we went up onto the top at Boyle House Roof. Um, and I... I, I Maybe a lot of people don't know where old Wakefield Power Station used to be, but it was sort of diagonally opposite, but on the other side of the road from Wakefield Trinity Football Ground. But you know, um, Neil Fox Way? Yeah, yeah, that's what entrance to it was. It was just there. So we went up to the top of the Boiler House Rule, and lo and behold, from the top of the Boiler House Rule, I could see the house that we lived in where me, you and, and Kate were up on, uh, up on Kendall Rise. And then 
a little bit to to right, I could see how that I go up in that we've just been talking about. They didn't have any central eating on them. And then when I twisted around a little bit further, I could see Thomas Beckett School where uh, where I went when it was secondary modern in in seventies. And then guess what? I could see um, flower silos at Charles Egenbach's, and I I, I worked at Charles Egenbach's for several years. I could also see Jewsbury Road, and I couldn't actually make out the buildings on Jewsbury Road, but on Jewsbury Road were a place where I served the apprenticeship for Craven Fawcett. And then further at the top of Jewsbury Road, just off the right, were Flanshire, and I lived on Flanshire at one point. And when I had a good look round, and I could see Eastmore as well from uh, from top of Power Station, and guess what? When I looked round, within a couple of miles radius of that Power Station were my entire life. I hadn't travelled anywhere beyond that. A big day out for me was getting on bus and going to my aunties at Emsworth. Yeah, that was it. That was big <laughs> excitement in my day. It really, really was. So, I'm not knocking it. It, um, it, it. I think your point is what happened to me when I grew up in the 60s and what I had or what I didn't have and how it shaped me and what it, uh, what it meant for you. And one of the things it did mean for you was... And you were never spoiled as a kid, uh, neither you or your sister. No, not spoiled, yeah. not spoiled no. Even though people will no. be saying, you what, you bought him £120 football boots. Yeah, not, not, I, I think that's a, you, you particularly would never, I don't think, allow us to be spoiled. Um, if mum were fully in control, possibly mum would a little bit, but I don't think you, and I think you tell me again if I'm wrong, I think that, that comes well, from it does, but thing, it? what I'm going to say is that I remember them times. I remember when I didn't have any football boots. I remember when I had the odd football boots. Yeah. I remember when I didn't have a decent kit, you know, when it was PE time and, um, and what have you. And I just knew that, that when I grew up and I had a family, my lad wouldn't be going out there and playing, you know, for raggy-ass rovers and, and not having a, a proper kit. And not that you'd get the uh, new Manchester United kit every time it came out. And we were lucky in that respect because um, uh, uh, young Woody, Adam Woodcock, used to pass some football kits on to you as well. Which, which, which in yeah. actual fact, there was nothing wrong with that because there was nothing wrong with the football kits either. Yeah. Um, they were quite robust. It's a fine balance in it between... And obviously, I, I'll find this out with Kobe. It's a fine balance between... Again, I, because I had everything everyone, I don't want to give Kobe everything he wants, but then you don't want to suddenly teach them, teach them a value, don't you? That they don't just get everything by click of the fingers. And I, I think, I think you, you and Mum have, have done that very well. Um, and it's, it's that particularly is how I want, how I want to well, play with Kobe. Like I don't want Kobe to ever want, want for anything, but then I also don't want him to, which is. If he doesn't get that extra bag of sweets, I know it's only a small thing, but he'll boot off now and again, and that needs to be kind of... I know that's just kids, but I don't want that to escalate to him booting off. He don't, don't get out. I'm, I'm going back to football books again. I don't know if you remember this time. So we, we've mentioned already you bought... There'll have been a time where you bought me £120 pair of trainers. Do you remember when we went to... Um, we'd gone to York, MacArthur Glen Shopping Centre... And I, I don't know why I remember this strop, but I remember it vividly. They were a new, a new pair of football boots. I don't even think they were that expensive. They were maybe 50 quid. And I literally, I won't have even been that young. And I can remember crying in the shop because she won't get me them. But that was, 
I must have only had 120 quid ones a few weeks before, but I wanted these new different ones. And and that's kind of where the mm. line is. So you've already trekked me to them boots. Six months down the line, I'm stood in the shop. And I remember booting off. I, I cried yeah. in the shop because you won't. And looking back, if Kobe did that, looking back, like I think, what are you doing, yeah. you spoiled little child? Why do you, why do you, of, why do you remember that, that incident in our door, man? I don't know. That stands out in my head. I, 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 I don't know why. Well, I'll tell you why. I don't know why. Reason I asked, I'll, I'll tell you for why. Because if you'd have kicked off, I'd have just been dismissive about you at home. I'd have said, go up and put your tongue back in, mate. Yeah, you walked off. I think you walked off. Not left me by myself, but you walked off and left yeah, you're me in the moment. Yeah, you're not having so Let's hit song. Let's hit song and dance. Yeah, let's yeah. move on to the next thing. I won't yeah, catch me yeah, sitting fretting and worrying that's, about it, about your behaviour and your ingratitude and all that. It's just, you're not having them, kid. That's it. Or back, backing down either. I think that's important, isn't it? You won't always crying. Um, in any situation, oh, he's booting off a best game, it because that's not the that's not the yeah. way to pair. I'll say there's no there is no deep anyway, psychological so. uh, reasoning behind this at all. It's just the way I don't remember it is just what this is what I think it is. It's just you're having him and that's it. And I don't I don't record stuff like that. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember that one, but I just do. And it'll have happened a few other times when I've booted off and that, and you. That's not how you get stuff, is it? It's uh, I would have always been rewarded back in the day for not for, say good parents' evenings. Not that I've had many, but I'll, I've always been rewarded for something. But yeah. you never really get out for no. That's one of yours. Yeah, well, you get I'm, out for no, I'm yeah. just there again. You've got me. I'm just trying to think if what you've been rewarded for for good behaviour. I'm just trying to think of these incidents of good behaviour. Perhaps you could quote some back at me. I, 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 think that cupboard's bare. I think that cupboard's Particular, so. There's not very much in there. It's, it's like our, it's like our pantry used to be on the when I lived at home with my mum and dad. Bare. Just from behaviour locker. Well, no, I did some stuff good. I must have had a few. But this is this is to be fair, and this is this is a nice lead on to my uh, to my next subject. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I, this is a you can disagree. I'm sure you're going to disagree with me. So I'm going to go into a little bit of, and 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 just to all all the listeners, I've never I've never spoke to my dad about this or spoke or asked him out like this. Is in my opinion, he, of course, I know my dad loves me and I know he's proud of me, but he he would never. I don't think I can't remember again. You can prove me wrong of a time where he's told me. He's proud of me and he's told me I've done... I remember times he's, he's told me off and that's fine, but I don't think I remember of times him being emotional on the happy side or proud side in front of me. Um, and uh, is that is that generational? Is that you as a person? Because I, I don't think you're a... You, you don't, you're not really a wear your heart on your sleeve kind of guy anyway with anybody. But what, what, what are your thoughts well, on that, old lad? Just to uh, put everybody straight on that one, uh, I am very proud of you, son, and I do love you. So, so pack that one up now if you want to. <laughs> You've got it down on record. No, yeah, I'll take I'll take that. It's on record, but is there? Um, Hang on, I, think I know the reason why you so, never overly shower. Your mum asks me every single day 
Oh, she said, I do love you, Chris. Do you love me? And I say, yeah, oh, you're all right. Oh, tell me you love me. And the more people badger me <laughs> for, for toffee, for compliments, the least likely I am to give it. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't have to. Uh, uh, I don't know. Perhaps some people will sort of pull me up on this one then. But you shouldn't really have to be telling people all the time. You're saying it very rarely happens. So I, I, I'll accept that off you. But people instinctively know if the mum or the dad or the sisters or the partners love them or not. Um, not just in words. Words are easy. It's deeds and actions that count. And um, so if you, again, which I'm quite happy for you to do, go back over the years, like, and recount many uh, tremendous deeds and actions that your dear old dad's performed for you. Well, there you go then. So without actually saying it in words, I've done it in, uh, I've done it in deeds, right? But again, it yeah. could well be, it could yeah, well be that uh, generational thing. It could be that, um, <laughs> you know, the old stiff upper lip type thing. It could be seen as... Um, yeah. Um, you know, sign of weakness. Men, uh, men don't say that sort of thing. You know, you. Which is it's, it's not, not because it's not when like you switch television now, on, it, like in actual fact, it's probably gone too much other way now. If you ask me, like, but um, you know, there's loads yeah, of self-help maybe, books, yeah. there's articles in magazines, there's uh, television programs, and you know, sometimes you can't budge without people wanting to be told they're loved or people wanting thanks or a pat on back and just get on with it. Just do your job. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, and it's, I, I think it's just, uh, again, obviously I cannot remember when I was Kobe's age and obviously you were fathering me at that age, but I, I don't know how I'll be when Kobe safely starts football or whatever he does. If it's not football, if it's dancing, singing, which mm-hmm. looks like it more than likely be. I can't imagine me not kind of, well, if he's good or he's bad, telling him how proud I am of him and, and, and how well he's done. And I kind of remember from, particularly from football, for me to get any sort of praise from you was uh, were pretty difficult. And I don't know if that's because you were coach as well and you kind of felt embarrassed sometimes, didn't you, when you used to have to give me a man at match and stuff like that. And some other dads would say, he needs to be. And you'd, you, you were kind of always wary. To, to show any sort of favouritism, but not even favouritism. When I actually deserve something, you were very wary of... Absolutely. And I think you've hit nail on head there. And um, I, I don't know if I've told you this, but I'll tell you a little story. Is that uh, in this last year or two, one parent told me that many, many years ago, I ruined his lad at playing football um, because I subbed him far too many times. And obviously, I'm not going to reveal who it is on the, on this on this podcast, uh, no. which was um, absolutely as far from the truth as is humanly possible, uh, because that lad, if 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 I can say so, got specific treatment because I knew we were on verge of going a lot of the time, and I didn't I didn't want him to go. And he, if again, if you remember, or maybe not. Um, that football team that we ran, everybody more or less got an equal crack of the whip. Nobody, nobody, if only if there were one person that got subbed a little bit more or started off as the sub, who were it? It were you, yeah. Why? Me. For what you've just said about 
Yep, about favouritism. Just to say, uh, yeah. How many captains did we have? Yep. I didn't used to share it about. You had a goal. Mike Stewart, Tom. Mullen, me sometimes, Danny Thompson. Triggy. Yeah, that, Tom Bales. Yeah. Everybody had a go at it. No two ways yeah. about it. And again, that's a, another reason mm. for that is, is because I can remember growing up and trying to play in football teams. Quite clearly, I can't be in that, that good like, otherwise I'd have had a regular place. Although there weren't a lot of junior football teams when I was thinking about. But some of the teams that I did play for, I seemed to get, because I weren't in their gang, I didn't get picked all the time. I will, I will left, I will left sidelined somewhat. And yeah. I knew I was better than some of them footballers on that field. Not, no, and I always swore, we were never like that. At all, like, never, if, I, never. if I get in my own football team, everybody will have a fair crack of the whip. Everybody will have a go at subbing. Everybody. I even at one time said, if anybody else wants to have a go in goals, you know, if you feel Aussie, Aussie is worth blessing, it up to it, or Aussie wants to come out, let, you know, let's not. Danny, um, uh, uh, what centre back? Danny, what's his name? Ah, ah, Danny Corbett. Danny he Corbett. A, a, a lovely header on him when he met that ball. I did that, lad. But uh, I could say to Danny, you want to go out centre forward, Danny? You have a go out centre forward. And swap everybody around and what have you. And, yeah. um, but I, only yeah. one time, one, it was a granddad, again, who shall remain nameless, came up to me and he said after the game, and he did make me think a little bit, um, he said, why do you always sub your son? Or why does he always start off at sub, start off as a sub? You never ever give that lad a fair crack of the whip, and that's not right. And it stopped me in my tracks a little bit. And I thought, well, if he sees it, then it must be it must be happening. Yeah, it must it must, it must be, be working. Yeah. Like. So yeah, you know, we try and deflect criticism. And maybe I use wrong tactic, I don't know in that respect, but it uh, it you know, it is what it is, it was what it was. So Nobody were going to label that, um, uh, label me as uh, being favourite towards me own lad. And you, you were going to be centre forward, and you were going to be captain every week, and you were going to be man at match every week. You had to earn your corn, you mate. You had to earn your yeah. place in that team, and you did. And you did do. Yeah, I did I think? Yeah, yeah, I think he probably. It's on some on some occasions, obviously, it pushed me a little bit, but then on some occasions, you. I'd just get in a huff. Well, it was just for you. That was just kind of and I think... Time, it, like, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I'll uh, I'll take bits and bats on that with, obviously, when Kobe grows up and and if he does play does play team sports. I'm going to um, I'm going to bob on to the next next subject, Dad, um, which is, um, for those of you who, who, who don't know, I guess a lot of you do, uh, I've got a little boy that I mentioned already, Kobe. Um, me and his mum uh, broke up when Kobe were very, very young. Obviously, an untraditional way. Kobe must have been three, four, five, six months, I think. Um, obviously, completely different already. In the first three months of me having a child, completely different already to to how how Dad brought me and my sister up. Um, and I've gone on to be single parent for nearly three years now. Obviously, with a partner, but as a as a dad, um, I spend probably the first year and a half of Kobe's life, bringing him up by myself. And I don't, I don't know if I've dreamt this or not, but I'm pretty sure mum said to me at the time when, when I was, for want of a better phrase, leaving my family, that you were kind of, didn't want me to throw the towel in on the family and it was kind of a wrong decision and families, mums and dads should be together with mm -hmm. the kids. Um, but 
I mean, is, is that what you think, or what? What's your take on that? Yes, I believe that now it was the right thing to do for you. Um, I think the breaking up of a family really yeah. should be the last resort. I think every avenue should be explored. Um, yeah. All water's tested. Um, I think you should. Um, I should have been talking seven days a week, 24 hours a day, trying to iron out your differences. Um, and, and, and maybe you were. Um, and more than likely, uh, both yourself and Ellie were um, too young, immature, um, made the wrong decision. It's um, no, it's not generational. It's generational as well, I think, don't you? No, because, because there's a lot of people out there from you know, 50s and 60s that lived in, in, in broken homes. And, you know, the ones that... Don't you think as much as... Not as much as now, though, surely. It's just it's common now for people to have a kid. Hey, well, it can't uh, been as common back then. I ain't got... I've not got the statistics to hand, so I can't... Uh, yeah, I, people, I, you know, I, I can't prove you wrong or me yeah. right on that one. If you if you look at your fr- if you look at your friends are you still friends with now couples wise and and your friends are they all oh still no wives? there's one or two of them couples and, would you say most of them ways, yeah uh, got no. because obviously now when I look at a, a lot of friends that I know or people that I know it's it's rare these days that people have had kids and stuck together which I think is it. In an ideal world, obviously, mums and dads would always stay together, wouldn't they? But like, like you just said, you you look back and think it was the right decision now, and I'm a hundred percent confident I made the right decision then because Kobe's got Kobe's got two lovely homes. He's got me and Pasky here. Obviously, he's got his mum at that side, and I don't know if he would have had one. He wouldn't have had. Yeah, he has. One and that's that's home, good and that you've po- you, you should be able to point so, that out to him and the advantages of it. Because believe you or me, the biggest advantages when he's growing up when you know, when you're telling him off and he wants to be running back to his home and vice versa, and you know, he'll want to spend he'll want to spend more time with uh, his granddad yeah. Richard and his grandma Jackie over there, and he might not want to come over here or vice versa or whatever. You, so just and I think obviously I'm speaking from my experience. I'm not a guru, but anybody I've had a couple of messages this week from people, uh, and I generally do sometimes because I put a lot of Kobe on social media. And, and Pascal as well. Is if anybody's in that kind of position, you've yeah. you've got a kind of back your gut feeling. I think I I would put my hand on hand on my heart now and say I'm a ten times better dad than I would have been if I'd have tried to see it through. I don't think for the first not that I was a bad dad for the first few months, but nowhere near as good a dad as I am now because I've had to kind of learn. You have to. I had a lot of help from my mum and obviously you, but you've got to kind of crack on. And if you're going to have, if it's about the kid, if it's about the kid, you have to make the best decision that's going to give them the best life. It's not about anything no. else apart from the child, is it? And that's, and that obviously if, if, you, if you're together as parents as well, it's obviously always so about, and, and so, I know that more than ever now, so you, everything you is pretty much at, about, your, uh, about your kids. Me and uh, our, my family, when I go up, and you look back at yours, tell me this then, yeah. what is the traditional family? Yeah. What do you think it is? 
Yeah, but what's it made up of? Probably loves the kids and loves each other. Yeah, mum, dad, (laughs) two point two children, dog. Is that it? Yeah. What is it today? Yeah, yeah. God, yeah, well, I don't think there is too much right family today. There's a lot of people out there that think, think there is. That a mum can bring a child up on their own, and uh, or two children up on their own, and uh, and that is a family. It doesn't have to be that 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 first example that I gave you, did it? What about this? What about this then? But, I think, what about yeah, if, I think um, if, if two um, two gay men that live together and. Uh, they want to adopt a child. Is that a family or not? Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Like I think, like like I've just said, I think it's uh, as the, long as everybody well, loves each that, other in the household. I think with modern times, I that's the key don't to it. It doesn't matter, that's, that's it, all that matters in I think. many respects because there's yeah. a lot of people, yeah. myself included. I still have these um, these thoughts in my head that you know it's a mum, it's a dad, it's a man and a woman, it's two children, or three or four, or, or about 18,000 if you're our Sarah. Like, I don't know, like, but it's uh, yeah, but it, it, it's not <laughs> now when when people are more open about the sexuality and they're living together openly as a couple, whether it's two men or two women, and they want children and they can't have children with each other mm. and they go and adopt children or sperm donors or what have you, they can have an absolutely wonderful family. They can have an absolutely bad. So... But it is as long as kid, yeah. They could they could be, like you said, they could be a perfect a tradition perfect family that you just, just described that, yeah. that there's not a lot of love in the house and the kids don't have a great upbringing, but, and then there could be some of the people where people who think it's wrong say looking at a gay couple yeah. and their child is so loved and they have the best upbringing so it's it's just about what happens in that household I think isn't it and that's kind but of obviously that's, that, that, that's where we're at the, now obviously we've got a house the here one with, positive with for a child it. being brought up in a gay yeah. couple's house is they'll have some beautiful colourful clothes so that's <laughs> 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 That's a very generic. Well, let me just listen. Try and back you up on what you're saying. Let me tell you about my own brother, um, who who died several years ago uh, when he was about sixty-four or sixty-five. And a couple of years before he died, his wife died. Uh, I think she died of well, she died of alcoholic poisoning. The liver's packed in, and the kidneys and everything. They'd been married about thirty odd years, and. They lived the most tragic life of 30-odd years because they thoroughly detested each other. They hated each other. But they didn't have the wit to, or, the, or the enthusiasm or the knowledge or the drive to get out of a toxic relationship. And that toxic relationship spilled over into two out of three of the children. And three of those children, who are now, uh, two of those children now, who are adults, are drug addicts. They, uh, this is my niece and nephew, and they spent many years of their life snorting and injecting and swallowing, and they are absolute wrecks of human beings, absolutely. And for, for me, I, I, I turned me back on them. Oh, gosh, that sounds really savage, does that? 
my knowledge and experience of that is very limited. I, I, you know, I, I push buttons in a power station and things work or they don't. And then if they don't work, I go out to fix them and, and what have you. People you just don't push buttons like that. And you can't put a new, you can't put a new, well, I'm saying you can't put a new I'm fuse pop- in them. So not only were my brother and his wife's life ruined, but two out of the three children, their lives are ruined as well. And, and that's even if those two children who are up in, up in the 40s now, if they're still alive. The answer for my brother and his wife would have been to have split up as soon as humanly possible, as soon as the crack appeared, because they might have met somebody and led a far happier life and the kids might, you know, we still might have been in touch with that family. Yeah. That's why it's important. And I guess, I guess on paper, then, I guess on paper, you just describe your brother, on paper, then your From outside, yes. Would look like that perfect situation. Family, wouldn't they? Married yeah. 30 years. And my brother, obviously. Yeah, that's what I mean, on paper. My brother came from the same background as me, really lived in the same house with yeah, mum yeah. and dad, lived through 60s and 70s. Yeah. What happened to him? What what yeah. what influenced him? What life choices did he make? Exactly. So. Why didn't he yeah. why didn't he see what I saw? And many other people yeah. like me saw that that is not the way to live. I don't know and I can't answer you that. But I think obviously that, that shows as well, obviously mum bless her, it shows how important you are. Yeah, your mum actually, actually she I'm saying I'm on I'm saying you've got a good one mum. She's unbelievable. Life's lottery when she met me. She really, really did. I need a medal as big as a dustbin with me for uh, <laughs> for lasting this long with your mum. If anybody knows my mum, which I'm sure a lot of you do, they know she's the most motherly, mumsy person you'll ever meet. And she's never... Let me or my sister or my dad go without anything. When my dad gets home, his food is on the table and there's usually a bun for dessert. Um, his clothes are washed and ironed, like mine still are sometimes, even though I don't live at home. So my mum's... Because my mum will listen to this as well. I she's think she's listening to the bedroom door now, she's, uh, she's, uh, she's unbelievable. <laughs> but yeah, just a quick one there. My mum is my mum's unbelievable. And that's obviously... That, that, that helps when you've got a... A partner like that. Um, yeah. Well, there's another again, one then. So, right quick then. Been on a long way 38 again, years, uh, me and your mum have so been married. I, Do you think it's been all plain sailing then? Yeah. No. Oh, no, absolutely not. But what I will say is before you explain how else, you've never let me, which I think is important, you've never let me or my sister know that I was ever wrong because you, you look at your parents yeah. as... The, yeah, the cornerstones, the the pillars of your family, kind of thing. And if if you start seeing cracks in your parents as kids, or even as at my age now, you'd start to worry a little bit, kind yeah. of thing. So I, I'm not stupid enough. No, to but you, notes you, you, you obviously know sometimes down, when uh, there's something but, wrong between me and your mum because you can see my hand marks around her neck. <laughs> Dad, you cannot say that. <laughs> he's if anybody didn't know my dad, he's absolutely joking. He's absolutely joking, by the way. Um, but that's when his tea's five minutes late, isn't it? Or not warm enough. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna go on to um something that 
probably opened, it definitely opened my eyes, and you tell us if it did yours as well. So, without going into some details, it needs to be. Um, but uh, at some point, for, for Kobe and for, for the sake of both being good parents, we ended up going to solicitors, didn't we, a couple of years ago, just for some advice about Kobe and parenting and where, where men kind of stand or dads kind of stand with access to the kids and, and rights and powers. And I was flabbergasted me. I don't know if you were, but I was pretty flabbergasted that we're in, we might have been in 2019 then, but we're in 2021 now. And the cards are so stacked against dads. For they appear to be, yes. Stuff like that, um, aren't they? And again, for, 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 for reasons that are beyond me and for reasons <laughs> that we talked about, you know, whereby... You know, rightly or wrongly, mum is considered the um, the number one of the uh, the household. Um, she may not be the breadwinner. Um, your mum would quite freely admit that she's not the breadwinner in this house. But with uh, without your mum, I wouldn't have been able to do um, you know one tenth of what I or you or Katie have been able to do. And it's equal. It's, it's, and I think what I said to you earlier about my mother like when she was at home, she saw me off at the door every morning. She was there on an evening to greet me. She sent me with a packed lunch, you know, all that yeah. sort of thing. And that is traditionally how it's seen that, you know, yeah. where, where birds when they're in the nest, the who sits on the on the eggs to get them to hatch. It's the mum. The mum looks after them. Who feeds them? It's the mum. Yeah, that's, the mom, yeah. that's on nature side of things, not on human side of things, isn't it? So it happens it, it happens in natural world as well. So I can sort of see how it's loaded up in, in mother's favours. And let's be, Joe. It is, yeah, but did, did, did it this. surprise you? Quite, quite, uh, you know, quite honestly, like a pillock. And did, did, they'd rather spend half the time eat full body down at Bucky's or, yeah. you know, or whatever. Rather than being at home with the kids, and I think you know, by buying them yeah, kids yeah. and giving them a pat on head, like you know, once or twice a week, that's being a good dad. When quite clearly it's not. When mum's left there most of the time to do all heavy lifting, so uh, that's why I think all that sort of thing yeah. uh, happens. But there are. Did it surprise? Did it surprise? No. You? What What surprises me oh, is no. when, but this isn't this isn't the law's problem. It's people's problem. It's society's problem. When there are dads like you that do want to go, uh, uh, not like extra mile, you do want to do what you should do, what your duty is, what your fatherly, what your, your, what your parental duty is to, uh, to, to provide for your son, to, uh, to, provide, to financially provide for your child, to emotionally provide for your child. He wants a roof over his head. He wants some food in his belly. He, uh, he wants his dad to sit outside of him on tea and to watch Lion King. You want to do all them things. And it didn't appear that it was understood um, at that time. And, and, and there's, there were a tussle, a, a, you know, power struggle, really, between, between you and Kobe's mum as to which way we're going to go. And I understood that quite clearly uh, yeah. because he's a, 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 he's a lovely, he's a smashing little fella. And it's, you wanted him, his mum wanted him, and nobody was wanting to, to, to give ground. 
And whatever advice I was trying to give you, or whatever your partner's advice were trying to, uh, parents were trying to give her, probably weren't the right advice. And, and, and it, our advice were more than likely biased or loaded in your favour. And uh, that's... Yeah, I think that's kind well, of one, we, one time. Well, let's I just underline that for, uh, for all your listeners in a minute. But that's why you need to go to somebody impartial. That's why you need to go to no, somebody neutral for them to explain to you what the law is. Somebody to explain to you in their experience, looking at all the cases that they've handled over the years, how these things work out. Not what I might think. Not what I might have heard Dave from Dark Road that his sister-in-law's husband did or somebody who deals with it day in and day out. That's what we did. We went to a solicitor. We got some absolutely sound advice. And if I remember correctly, Jason, what his name, wasn't it? Well, that's a solicitor. Yeah. And I, if I remember correctly, I think Jason. I can remember Jason yeah, saying, and so, Joe, everything that your dad has said to you is more or less right. Is that... Is that, is that true? Is that true? No, I, 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 yeah, I do I do remember. But I, 100%, yeah, but I do remember me. Yeah, I know, because you're frustrated, but it doesn't matter you how you don't know feel. It's my son, because I think, looking back, yeah. I, I, yeah, I was trying to I was trying to go like guns blazing kind of thing, and I'm saying, it's my son, it's my son. I can remember not falling out yet, but I can remember thinking, my dad's got no idea how I feel. It's my son. It, 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 I need to do this kind of thing. And you, like, yeah, you you were trying to be impartial. I yeah. think at the time, uh, I don't think I really. Got and so, be on your side, my side. You are right. You, know I mean? you will get um, um, full um, access to Kobe. It will happen. You will have him five days a week. What if it had failed? What if it hadn't happened? You, you'd have been in for an almighty letdown. So yeah, yeah, yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. One, yeah. But I think I found it difficult. I felt like you were on other teams sometimes, but you weren't. Looking back, you're obviously just being impartial. And mum, I think it's because mum obviously likes shows. His mum's on my team. Mum's on my. Mum is not impartial at all on any level with anything. She's she's she's, she's, she's she would have always been supportive of me. Why have you got me? Like, have you got me back down then as a bit like, of a snake? You know I mean, bit why is he not on my team? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're a little snake. Yeah, you're a snake on the team then. <laughs> but I've got uh, again going to a couple of questions about on social media. Um, somebody messaged me, and you'll know this as well. Somebody messaged me asking how we all keep the peace now. Um, so me, my partner Pascal, um, Kobe, Kobe's mum, Kobe's grandparents, you and mum, and in a word, how you keep it, you don't. There's there's still battles. The, a lot less heated than they used to be when emotions and, and feelings are obviously a lot less two years down the line. But I think it's important, and like you've said, it's important for people to know it's not all sunshine and roses, is it? From what you see on social media and from what you see on paper and outside, it might look like it's all absolutely brilliant, but you still have battles and there's still, there's going to be, Kobe's only three years old, there's going to be battles for another 20 years about schools. How, and, how do you... About how, how you, your parents. You'll never get out of that. Absolutely. Nailed on. What... So, pretty healthy. No, me no. and your mum still argue about I young Katie, important. what you should do uh, and what you shouldn't do. Anybody who's listening. And Millie and Evie, so. 
exactly exactly there you go and that's and and that's just that's just being a parent and a grandparent in it i don't want anybody to think that it's not it, well, it's all sunshine well, how, would, like how, you, how do you sort it then you just have to well, as long as i think the most the very most important thing is, and I think I'm very good at it. I'm, uh, perhaps I, I'm very calm and I'm, I'm very important to put Kobe first. I, from what from what I've learned over the three years is, and I think I think you, I remember you telling me just is, never raise your voice, never swear, never get cross towards about Kobe or towards Kobe's mum because. No. It, it, it's not about me or my emotions or a parent's emotions. The number one thing is you can't, you can't, the kid in you it cannot take that, that attitude that's towards Kobe's mum because what does Kobe's mum want for him? Yeah, she wants exactly what you want, don't she? Kobe would go to be happy, but it's no good yeah. verbally attacking her and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and yeah. trying to make life difficult. Because it's not, it ain't going to work at all. And so, yeah, never, 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 never done yeah. it. Never done it. And Pascal, obviously, my partner, Pascal, she's, um, she's stepped in now as Kobe's sort of stepmom and she's, she's yeah. exactly the same. She gets involved yeah. when she needs to, but she also respects that when there's decisions to be made as Kobe's mum and dad, those decisions are made. Yeah. But obviously, you'll know how, how good Pasky is with, with, um, with Kobe, she's unbelievable. So it can work, and like you said, from the outside, it looked like we work really well, and we, we do. But there's there's obviously tough times when it's, it's hard when you've got a I don't want to say a new partner because obviously Pascal's been around a while. But when you've got somebody who's not a, a blood parent, it can be difficult to organise where they get involved, kind of thing. And we've had we've had issues, and we'll, I'm sure, like you just said, you're still arguing about me and Kate sometimes, so we will continue so, to have issues. And so, absolutely, yeah, you will do. Well, but the way to cure that, away, as, is, uh, uh, as it is with most problems, is open communication and compromise. And while ever you and Kobe's mum are talking to each other and informing yeah. each other yeah. of your intentions and your desires and your wishes, so nothing comes as a surprise at all, it'd be no good you... When when Kobe's three or four years old, there'd be no you rock, no good rocking yeah. up to his mum and saying, "Oh, I've got him in at school in Crofton." Yeah, he start he starts it morning. Here's his uniform. It's just yeah. it's just not going to work, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and and we know where no. little fella's no. going to go to school, and he's going to go to school, uh, you know, down in his neck of woods. Well, there's got to be a compromise then involved with that sort of thing as to when he does go to school, for example, and he's there five days a week, your access to him is going to change. So, yeah, and yeah, it will do. But if we go back to what I've just said... That'll be another bumping road we've got to deal with, isn't it? ...and compromise, then more often than not, it should work. But there'll always be something. You'll say something, or or Kobe's mum will say something, and you'll misinterpret it. You'll, you'll use wrong word. You know, you might have pig on thinking about somewhere else, or whatever. I don't know. And and it'll all kick off until you actually sit back and take stock of what's been said, and you think, no, actually, I know what she means. Or or his mum might think, yeah, I got that one wrong. This is what we ought to do. 
And that's how you seem to have handled it so far. I know we had that little bit of a blip and solicitor and all that, but we did we did need yeah. that. We did need it for clarification. Everybody needed that. Yeah, just needed, yeah, just just for advice. Not that it got terrible, but just I think obviously that's it's better to nip it in bud early again for anyone listening if there is issues like that. Just get some advice in it. Absolutely. Unless your pals are solicitor. Or from anybody else. Just, just get, get. Just, yeah, just you still some owe me, me for that. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, just, just get some advice. Yeah. Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah. Just add it on to the tab, old lad. <laughs> add it on to the tab. So, I think, I think I'm going to, um, I'm going to wrap it up there. It's been, like you, like I've said at the start of this podcast, I don't think I've ever sat down with you. We've been on for an hour now. I don't think I've ever sat down and chatted for an hour. So it's, it's been really good for me. Um, I hope that anybody listening who is in the same type of generation, same type of family issues, it's kind of well, tough. Um, someone, oh, how, how have you, yeah, how have you everything that uh, your mum's wrote down for me, I've managed you to get it in it there. All. So... None of this were my words at all. It's, it's your mum. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> sat there to, to the only thing I'm, like I'm, when I'm you're saying up, well, you up for you then is about bringing children up. But this applies to adults anyway, really. Uh, and you can yeah. you can come out with all sorts of rules and regulations and desires and needs and wants and you sometimes just got to let them set their own path, kids or what have you. But I always used to say to you, and I can remember specifically saying this to Katie um, about um, when she went to Ibiza as well. One, I wish respect your elders. Yeah. So I think there is a, a lack of respect these days, but that sounds like me being an old geezer talking. But that's how, that's how I've always brought you up. Respect your elders. <laughs> Second one, I always say please and thank you. Good manners goes a long way in life. I don't care if you've got a degree or not. If you're rude and obnoxious, then you deserve a slap around chops. I always say please and thank you. And thirdly, don't break the law. So out of those three, you've managed to keep up with two of them. I'll leave leave that to other people to decide which one it is that uh, you broke. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll we'll finish there, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Um and thank you very much. Um thank you very much to my dad on the Sunday night for taking taking our out of his time. Um we'll see you all next week, guys. Thank you.